so we're reflecting back on uh, Workers' Day, which uh, was marked yesterday, the 1st of May. And uh, we want to speak to now the major unions in the country to talk about, uh, you know, the challenges of the workforce currently. The general sentiment yesterday uh, was that uh, workers have very little to celebrate seeing the high numbers of retrenchments happening in the country and the voice of the union in uh, stopping those job losses. What role should they be playing in this? And uh, the other criticism, of course, that unions uh, are facing is that they are too politicized. And what impact then are they having in speaking on the behalf of the worker uh, in line of how politicized they've become? And uh, we're in the conversation with uh, Pagamile Lubi Majola, spokesperson for the National Union of Metal Workers, Trevor Shaku. I'm sorry, Trevor, uh, we're not able to find, at least for now, but Sizwe uh, Pamla is on the line, Kosatu's national spokesperson. Good morning to you both, and thank you very much uh, for talking to me as we reflect on Workers' Day 2022 in uh, South Africa. Let's start, you know, with how you now, in modern-day South Africa, see the role and the necessity and the value, if at all, of uh, labor unions. Let's uh, say ladies first and uh, start with Pagamile Shubimajola. Good morning. Good morning, and good morning to your listeners, and thank you so much for having me on your show. Hmm. Siswe, good morning. Uh, morning to you and morning to the listeners. Yes, let's reflect on where labor unions are in uh, modern-day South Africa, in 2022 South Africa, when uh, we watch, Siswe, uh, what happened with the president in uh, Rustenburg tomorrow. I don't know what you take, your takeaway as COSATU is, about the value of uh, labor unions to workers in South Africa today. Let's start with your thought on that, Pagamile. Well, I think on the question of whether unions are relevant, that is beyond question. Trade unions are absolutely relevant in South Africa, more so now than ever, particularly because the attack on the working class is so severe. Uh, what we have seen in all spheres, whether it's the private sector and most certainly in the public sector, is a directed attack by the employers onto workers where benefits and conditions are being whittled away, where the gains that were won um, through the struggles uh, of the 80s um, and uh, all of those gains are, are, are being reversed. And um, so, and, and, and how that attack is manifesting itself is primarily through the down varying of conditions or the reduction of conditions um, where, the work, where workers are being downgraded from permanent status to contractors or temporary employees, um, the casualization of jobs is what we're seeing on a massive scale. Um, whilst at the same time, massive job sh- job cuts are taking place, definitely in state-owned entities and, and in the public sector. And so that, all on its own, uh, creates a perfect example for the frustrations that are going to build up in the workplace where workers will require representation, where they will require to be defended. And this is why unions are are needed more now than ever. Um, What we are experiencing, though, is the difficulties of operating in this space, Um, primarily when you've got a government that has made it absolutely clear 
that it is anti-black and anti-working class in terms of the policies that it's been implementing. And so what you saw yesterday at the Kosatu rally, where workers basically rebelled against President Cyril Ramaphosa and rejected him and chased him out of the stadium, is that organic anger that they justifiably have, because it is really uh, under this government that we've seen the really most vicious attack on workers' benefits and conditions. The fact that this ANC government could have the audacity to deny workers their um, increases in the public sector and snub and ignore a, a collective agreement was always a very, very bad omen for, for unions in South Africa because um, the, the, under the leadership of Cyril Ramaphosa, we're basically seeing a pre- under this president an attitude where he's sending a message to the private sector that you can ignore collective agreements, you, don't, you can ignore um, these processes and collective bargaining and do as you wish. And, uh, and he has enabled that. And this is why workers were so angry to the extent where he was chased out and he couldn't even deliver his speech. They were not, will- they were not willing to listen to him. He's been completely discredited and rightfully so in their eyes. Yeah. I want to hear your take, uh, Sizwe, because uh, we all know uh, Cyril Ramaphosa's history, President Cyril Ramaphosa's history with trade unions in the country. Uh, Pagamile refers uh, to the ANC-led government as anti-black and anti-working class. I want to hear your take as Kosatu as part of uh, the tripartite alliance. Yeah, well, look, the the reality is that if you look at where the workers, the working class is at right now, uh, the situation is really dire. So it's, it's disappointing for us because we've been reliable allies of the ANC for a long time. And we've been very patient. We've been trying to really try to encourage the ANC to say maybe you need to correct some of your mistakes that we have made in the past. The reality is, if you look at, uh, for an example, if you go back to 2012, the first time the ANC started to acknowledge uh, that we uh, needed to focus on economic transformation. If you remember in Mangaung, the ANC came out and said, uh, we need the radical second phase of transformation. We were very much optimistic at the time. Uh, but as soon as uh, the Mangaung conference was over, they then uh, gave us the NTP. From then, it started to be cynical because we knew everything the Deutsche that it wasn't going to fix the problems that workers currently face. And the results are out a decade later. So, yes, uh, the ANC has really failed the working class. And uh, if you look at the fact that 10 years ago, unemployment was at 25%. Today, it is sitting at 46%. At the same time, if you look at the corporate tax in 2012, uh, when the ANC gave us NDP, it was 34%. Today, it is 27%. If you look at those two uh, statistics, you can see who has been winning and who has been losing. Uh, the private sector is paying less tax. They've made more money. Their workers have lost more jobs, and many of them, uh, their living standards have deteriorated. Of course, it is disappointing for us as a, an ally of the uh, ANC, uh, but the, all of that is really in the hands of workers. Uh, this is a debate that is as old as the Federation itself, uh, as far as they are concerned. We do have a Congress this year. Uh, we will outsource that responsibility to the real owners of our federation, the workers, to really take stock of where we are as workers and then give us the guidance as to how we proceed going forward. 
You face challenges, though, yourselves as unions. Uh, And I started our discussion talking about uh, the issues of your relevance in 2022. uh, Because as unions, as labor unions, you you face issues of uh, dwindling memberships. You face uh, issues of inter-union rivalries that exist. Uh, The nature of work has also been forced to change uh, in many ways uh, through COVID-19 and what COVID-19 placed uh, on labor. How are you as labor unions navigating that reality, the reality of uh, dwindling membership numbers, uh, the rivalries that exist amongst, uh, between yourselves, and how work, uh, as we define it in 2022, is largely very different to what work was a mere 10 years ago, Pagamile? So I think, first of all, let's start with where you started on the question of relevance. And and I'm glad you raised that again, because I think it's important that we must remind members of the public that even as we sit here today, enjoying this public holiday, we would not be here if it wasn't for the work of trade unions and generations of working class formations that have actually allowed for such things to happen, where you have public holidays, where you have a 40-hour work week, where you can even demand benefits, it's all thanks to the fact that a trade union would have organized workers and made those demands and fought for those demands through consistent pickets, strikes, or protests in order for for those things to be achieved. So I don't think we should in any way downplay the significance of what trade unions have done to improve the rights of workers in the workplace, not just here in South Africa, but all over the world. Um, And I think the question of this uh, dwindling um, membership where you are seeing uh, a lot of workers who are not organized in in South Africa or who are not joining unions, this is not a a phenomenon which is uh, unique to South Africa alone. All over the world, they are experiencing the same thing where there is a a serious... um, dwindling of union membership Um, and it's caused in part by the circumstances and the changes that are happening in the workplace. One of the greatest things that that have disrupted the labor regime has been the casualization of workers where workers have been downgraded into casual contracts or temporary employee contracts where they are no longer permanent and once workers are casualized it becomes extremely difficult to organize them. And this is why, under these casual arrangements, they are exploited. They earn very low salaries. They work extremely long hours. They are manipulated and abused by employers. And as long as those conditions exist and workers are suffering, there will always be a need for trade unions. Um, If you look at, for example, COVID-19 and what COVID-19 has done to, to impact on the labor sector, it's been quite dire. What has happened is exploitation has become the new normal. Under the guise of COVID-19, companies all over the world and even in South Africa have downgraded and downvaried conditions and slashed benefits and slashed salaries in the name of the economic impact of COVID. They have introduced very uh, uh, backward and reactionary working conditions where workers are expected to work harder and longer and accept less pay. Um, And so what's happened is that capital has 
used the COVID-19 pandemic as an excuse to deal with the working class, um, to deal with the benefits that workers have fought very hard for over decades in order to intensify and consolidate its own power. So we, we, we have to understand that within that context. Uh, and at the same time, when you have these changes in the way of work, the world of work, as you so well put it, where before you had, it was this uh, traditional and accepted norm that you go to work, you clock in at 8, you clock out at 5. Um, but because of this um, digital age that we live in, people can now work from home. That in and of itself also creates a new challenge for trade unions in terms of how to organize workers in a space where people are working from home, how to organize meetings when people are, are, are now casual labor um, and there's no workplace, official workplace or physical workplace within which to operate, so to speak. Mm. Um, and so all of those things are, I suppose, um, a, a byproduct of this um, current age, this industrial age that we find ourselves in. And what it basically does is it's calling upon us as trade unions to adapt to these changing circumstances so that we can be in a better position to serve members and uh, recruit members and continue to do the work that we need to do of defending workers and defending their demands. Um, It's not an easy space to operate in, but it doesn't mean that it's impossible for us to operate in this space. We still can do that. And this is the, 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 the process that we are in right now, the period that we're in right now, where COVID has disrupted the workplace in a very negative way, and we are adjusting ourselves to the situation. Yeah. Speaking, uh, Siswe, of this uh, dwindling workforce and this dwindling workforce, obviously uh, meaning the dwindling uh, levels of membership uh, that you have as a trade union organization, you have two types uh, in 2022 South Africa. You have that younger post-94 generation of worker who some would say is not entirely convinced of the value uh, of union membership, right? And some would all go on to say, and then there's the older members that seemingly are looking like they're losing trust in the value of unions. How do you navigate that space? Well, firstly, I just want to point out that uh, if you look at the... Um, trade unionism in South Africa, we had 2.9 million members in 1994. So we only have 3.4. So it's not that the numbers have been going down. There's just been stagnation. Of course, when you have been a 50% unemployment, this is going to to be reflected in the trade union membership. And also, that issue that uh, trade unions are full of old people, the need that has been uh, repeated for quite some time. If you look at the statistics, that is actually not true. In fact, in Kosatu, that is not true. Uh, of course, uh, after 1994, there was a myth circulated around that young people uh, didn't care about uh, trade unions, and many of them looked at themselves as so-called black diamonds. Over the last couple of years, many of the young people have been rehabilitated uh, out of that uh, kind of thinking. If you look for an example at the arrangements that have taken place over the last, let's say, five years, they have taken place in places where the young people are employed. And many of them are actually professional 
qualified. You had uh, IT specialists in the banking sector being replaced because of apps being introduced. You had uh, IT specialists in companies like Telcom being replaced by outsourcing from companies like Huawei in China. You had uh, post office workers. You had public service. Professional young people are looking at uh, the fact that even if you are qualified, your job is not guaranteed. So we are seeing more and more young people actually uh, uh, joining trade unions. And as unions, we are trying to adjust. Uh, what, of course, we have long uh, uh, understood that we need to uh, adjust our way of uh, mobilizing and organizing workers. Uh, but the reality that faces us in this country is that we have an economy that is uh, being outsourced greatly outside of the country. That is a big problem. If you look at young people who are seated at home, these are qualified young people. That is why you will hear us at NetLeg talking about uh, economic plans. You will hear us talking about uh, how do we grow this economy because the reality is we are not going to be able to organize unemployed people who are seated at home. What we need to do is to be constructive partners in trying to come up with solutions to fix the economy. Uh, two years ago, we came out with the Eskom Social Compact because we realized the impact that loading was having on the economy, uh, therefore, uh, on, on, on the rate of employment in the country. And uh, we have uh, been improving in the last five years. In fact, uh, that people uh, are still holding on to uh, the old needs that we need to defend. The unity amongst workers has greatly improved in the last three years. In 2017, we had a past where and Nunsa, the lead unions, uh, fighting side by side in that past fight. NUMSA and NUM at ESCOM have uh, improved uh, their levels of cooperation in terms of uh, uh, defending uh, workers in, in that company. Recently, we're seeing AMCO and uh, NUM uh, in, in the mining center. So, uh, unions have long realized that they need to stop looking at each other as adversaries because the real enemies are the people who exploited them. So, over the last three years, we have seen uh, great levels of cooperation and improve the relations within the labor movement, either be it how trade unions uh, work together at NetLeg, but also how unions uh, cooperate together on the shop floor in terms of defending the the issue of worker exploitation, uh, I, I want to go to calls, but I want to ask uh, what I think is an important question around issues of worker exploitation. And that question is looking at uh, specifically at COSATU, uh, uh, right? The SACP hasn't paid its workers for a long time. The ANC itself has been struggling to pay its workers for a pretty long time. Uh, you're talking to me about issues of worker exploitation. What should we be making of that, uh, considering who they are in the bigger scheme of things, Sizwe? Well, firstly, uh, you would have noticed that in the ANC, the one union that organizes or that took the decision to organize ANC workers is Nehau. Uh, one of the big, in fact, the biggest affiliate in Kosat is Nehau that intervened and organized those workers. And ever since it has been either negotiating with the ANC or litigating on behalf of those workers. So that is how we have actually intervened on that front. With regards to the SACP, we were actually not aware of what was happening in the SACP until the issue uh, played itself out in the media. And uh, as soon as we discovered that, uh, regrettably, we did issue a statement and uh, talked to some of our unions, like Nehau, to say it's their way of trying to uh, engage with those workers because we were shocked and taken aback that those workers had not raised this issue of the non-payment for six months. So the reality is, in situations where workers are exploited, uh, COSATU has intervened. In fact, we haven't just privately intervened 
in the ANC issue, we issued more than three statements. We organized and supported pickets of those workers. But also we have gone into meetings uh, where we met with the ANC and made it very clear that what they've done is totally unacceptable. The fact that you are friends, it doesn't mean that you are responsible for, for their transgressions. But uh, what needs to be discussed here is how we have responded once we have realized that our friends are actually exploiting the very same workers that we represent. Uh, I, I want to allow Paramila to respond, but I have to also go to a quick commercial break. So, uh, uh, you know, apply your thoughts and then I'll allow you to respond, Paramila, when we come back from break. And I see you, Khojane, in uh, Grunstadt. You have a question specifically for Paramila and Mike in Newlands. You also have uh, a question uh, uh, for both uh, panelists. Uh, we are reflecting on Workers' Day and uh, we are speaking to some of the major unions in the country uh, to assess, I suppose, the state of labor unions in South Africa today. It's 10.39 on SAFM. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM. Welcome back. It's uh, 10.40 on uh, uh, SFM. We're reflecting on Workers' Day Workers Day, sorry, and the state of labor unions in South Africa. We've had on our panel Pagamile Shubimajola, spokesperson for the National Union of Metal Workers, and Sizwe Pamla, Kosatu's national spokesperson. And uh, when we went to break, Pagamile wanted uh, to, um, you know, put a point across on uh, the issue that I had uh, put to Sizwe Pamla the COSATU national spokesperson, Pagamile? Yes, I actually just wanted to, um, and in fact, and I'm glad you raised the issue of the non-payment of salaries by the ANC, because that's not a simple matter of a failure in administration. You have to interpret that much more uh, deeply and see it as a reflection of the government's attitude because the ANC is not just any political party. They are the governing party. And when the governing party chooses, and I use the word choose deliberately because the president of the ANC is a billionaire, when the governing party chooses not to pay its employees salaries, they're sending a very strong message to society and to business to say that such a situation is acceptable. And this is why we should not be surprised that under this ANC, we have seen shocking levels of unemployment and job losses at state-owned entities and within the public sector. We've seen, for example, in companies like Denel, in companies like uh, SAA and SA Express, um, painful situations where workers were not paid salaries for months at a time. And government closed its eyes and closed its ears to the pain and the, the suffering that workers and their families were going through. At the now, for example, we are told that at least two workers committed suicide out of frustration, out of despair, because of non-payment of salaries. No consequences for the minister of, um, of uh, DPE, Mr. Pravin Gordhan, who despite numerous engagements that we had as labor with him to try and resolve this issue, even though trade unions like NUMSA and the South, um, NUMSA, um, um, and also the SA Cabin Crew Association at SAA uh, would uh, uh, approach him on the issue of SAA, for example, and workers at SAA and their salaries to say, we found a solution for, for, for salaries. 
put workers on training layoff schemes so that they can earn salaries. Even in the case of Denel, the same thing. We've highlighted this issue of training layoff scheme as a possibility, as an alternative, uh, which will ensure that workers don't suffer and they can continue to earn salaries. Um, no cooperation whatsoever from this ministry to intervene directly and, 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 and prevent the suffering of workers. But they were very quick to make sure that banks and other creditors got their money, but workers who had put in their sweat and their labor didn't get a cent. And I think the fact that this government is so cruel and so cold and inhumane in the manner in which it views workers is precisely why workers feel the way they feel on Workers' Day and they don't feel like they have much to celebrate. We've got calls. Uh, there's a lot of people that want to join the conversation on 011-714-2006 with Pagamile Lubimajola, spokesperson for the National Union of Metal Workers, and Sizo Pamla, Kosatu National Spokesperson. We start with Kho Jane in Kruonstad. Kho Jane, good morning. Dumela. Dumela. Look, thank uh, Thank you for the for the for the important discussion. And I, I would like to start by acknowledging the role the role that is played and was played by by the by the unions, because today we are celebrating this day, or yesterday or today because of the unions. Uh, but allow me to say, uh, the state of of the unions, both provincial, local, and uh, and, and and national level, is so pathetic. Sorry to say that. Their state is that of their back, beast, worse than their bite, and I'm going to illustrate why. In those days, we know that uh, uh, when Samu in Johannesburg can say today we are going on strike, their action would influence the, the decision of the policymakers. It will be standstill. Today, they are fractured. The unions are fractured. They don't have one voice. So how can you then say they, 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 they are still relevant as they used to. Perhaps today they, 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 they must find ways uh, into, into making individual you know, workers uh, at the municipal level, because I will talk the experience of the municipality people. I am in the municipality. The level of shop stewardship in the municipality is very poor. I'm talking about both Imadi and Samu. The guys don't know how to approach level, how to approach basic things, because the mother bodies have abandoned them. Now, I, my question would be, because of the levels has gone bad and poor, am I, uh, 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 if I want not to join any, any, any of the show, uh, uh, labor unions, why am I not allowed? Because right now, if I am being, going, to be, going to be disciplined by the employer, I go through the unions. The same unions which I call pathetic. Why am I not be allowed to look for my own lawyer and have my own bottle? Because I mean, better because I have, I've, I no longer trust the unions. Hmm. That is my question. Why am I not allowed to look for my own lawyer who can come and represent me? Because I have totally lost hope. I've been here in the municipality. I've working for the municipality for almost eighteen years, and I know okay. what is what, what is happening. And I know what I'm talking about. Those guys, your visitors there, are talking about the national level. Fine. They are fractured. For me, they are, they are of no relevance because 
they are not. They, I mean, everything can they even explain? Okay. Do you want to listen to your answer on the radio? Thank you, uh, Khojane. Let's go to Mike in Newlands, and I'm hoping my guests are noting all the comments and the questions so that they can respond to all of them uh, when uh, we talk to them again. Mike, good morning. Good morning, Katie. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear, Mike. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning to your guests. A quick, uh, quick check-up. Just let's go back to basics. There's no doubt that the unions were immensely part and had a lot to do with the changes that came about in this country because when the party was around, they were kind of de facto political parties. So they must, must get rewarded and respected for that. Unfortunately, unions are now the quick political parties and want to tell the government how to run themselves or run the government, but they're not elected. Let's go back to basics for a second. The unions have one simple job, and that is to look after the workers' condition. Is he paid on time? Is he treated properly in terms of the law? And does he, you know, are his working conditions correct? That's all the unions have to do. That your job is not to get involved in what the country should be doing or not doing. They keep going down to the parliament and protesting and saying, we want jobs. What do they not understand about the fact that governments do not create jobs? It took our president 24 years, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, to work out that governments do not create jobs. Employers create jobs. Entrepreneurs create jobs. What the union should be doing is going to a factory, standing outside and demanding employment. And then that employer, the, the risk taker, the, the capitalist there, will then go to the government and say, guys, I've got a whole lot of people outside who would like to join my business. But first of all, prices are met. Fix it up. Throw it out, privatise. But do what you have to do so I can use the parcel services. I need a police force that operates. Get your cadres out. A proper policeman in there and an uncorrupted minister. I need services. I need electricity. This is what I need to run my business so that I can grow it and I can export locally and overseas. And then I can employ these people because that employer will put the pressure on the government. At the moment, you're working backwards. It doesn't make sense. The government does not create work. And we've got to move away from this absolute nonsense that employers constantly exploit the worker. Let me tell you from experience of 35 years. When I invested in an employer and I had 177, I did not, it was not in my interest, even unless I was a complete idiot. I would treat myself badly or pay them badly. I would do the best I could for myself because I've invested time and money in their training and without them in the factory, I can't produce a product to sell to pay taxes to grow the country. So this nonsense about employers and it is just, listen, unions, you guys are like a business. That's your problem. You want more members to make more money. You okay. need to start politics and just get involved in looking after the employer. And by the way, just one final in conclusion, people have an option in this country now. They, they can vote the ANC in or vote it out. If they vote the ANC and the ANC's got bad policies, then the workers and you and me have to live by those policies until we come to the next election. You can't be going on strike and destroying the very country that we voted to, to look after and put the government into okay. Okay, Mike, you've made your point. Let me go to break then and uh, allow come back and allow uh, my guests to respond to those two calls. It's 10.50. You're listening to SAFM. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM.
10.51, welcome back. Uh, we are in uh, conversation uh, about the state of labor unions post-Workers' Day with uh, two uh, 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 labor unionists. Pagamile Lubima Jola is a spokesperson for the National Union of Metal Workers. Sizwe Pamla Kosatu, uh, national spokesperson. Sizwe, do you want to be the first one to respond to those calls? And then we let Pagamile respond after. Yeah, well, firstly, we need um, the, the first caller who comes from uh, the municipality sector. Um, of course, we have to admit that uh, there are shortcomings within the labor movement. And some of our unions, uh, especially like SAMU, I mean, we've been very open about uh, the struggles that had over the last five years, the divisions and uh, the serious challenges that led to COSATU CEC taking a decision to intervene in the union. Uh, but we are seeing a lot of progress in our union. In fact, they had a congress uh, two years ago, and right now we are seeing them really starting to build their structures, some of them that were weakened uh, on the ground. Uh, but what we would like really to do is to encourage workers uh, to say, look, if you do uh, discover that there are shortcomings uh, in the unions, and you are a member, uh, instead of uh, giving up and walking away. Maybe what you need to do is to be active in that union. Mm-hmm. If you are represented by people that you mm-hmm. feel are, are giving you inadequate uh, service, mm-hmm. maybe you should uh, raise your hand and say, I can do a better job than that for sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. Am I not being one who's given this responsibility to represent workers? That is really the message I would like to send to workers, is that there is no fire on the horizon. No one is going to come and solve your problems at the shop floor level. You need to join a union. And if you find that uh, you are part of a union where the shop stewards are either corrupt, they are not doing what they are supposed to do, maybe you should take an active uh, role instead of uh, uh, saying you are going to abandon the labor movement. Because the reality is we we are all uh, are looking at what is happening uh, in the labor landscape. No one is safe, whether you are qualified or you are not qualified, whether you are working for a big corporation or you are working for a small uh, company. No one is safe out there from exploitation, from retrenchment, and from the kind of nefarious uh, 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 activities that we have seen uh, from the private sector. So we want to encourage people to continue to join union and uh, play an active role. Your second caller is talking about the fact that government doesn't create jobs. I always find this uh, a, a, a little bit irritating, especially when I hear a white person in this country saying that. When did white people discover that government doesn't create jobs? Before 1994. The economy they worked for, they were employed by government. The businesses they were starting, they were sponsored by government. So I find it really irritating to be told that after 1994, everyone discovered that government has no role in creating jobs. In South Africa, for an example, if you look at people who work for themselves, only about 10% of the workforce comes from people who work for themselves. They be electricians, plumbers, or any other skilled workforce. Around the world, in economies of our scale, that number is 30%. Now, the question is, why is it that we have that gap of 20%? It's because people find it difficult to stand on their own two feet in South Africa when they have to deal with the uh, uh, lack of funding, with high electricity costs, with high fuel costs, with all other administrative costs where they don't get any support from government. So for us to close that gap, we need a government that is going to actively go out there and give us a state bank that is going to focus on, on productive lending instead of consumption lending. We have banks that will give you half a million for you to buy a car. But if you ask for that half a million and you want to start your own business, 
they will send you from pillar to post. So we do need government to play an active role in really trying to put uh, all of the administrative needs of the small businesses for them to try. So that is where government comes in to create jobs. But also, is it fair that the government has spent millions and billions, for an example, giving catering services to a company as big as Bidvest at Medhub, when there are millions of people who are small caterers in Pumalanga who will just benefited? So what we need uh, to, to be told here is, when did people discover that government does not create jobs? Because if you give Bidvest, a catering services, it means that you are actually giving money to business. And business does no longer invest that money in creating jobs. It continues to exploit the people it already has. But if we are given that money to a small catering service in a nearby country or in a nearby town, those people would have gone out there and employed new people who are currently unemployed. So we need to have this conversation because these are the people who actually have the ear of policymakers in this country. That is where we find ourselves in the situation where 50% of South Africans are sitting at home with no job. Pagamila, do you want to uh, give your response? Absolutely. I must say, I, I, I largely covered by Comrade uh, Sipote Pamela. Um, thank you very much for how you explained that. But I just want to add a little bit, certainly on um, the caller from Ukojane in Grunstadt, and just say, you know, don't whine, organize. That's the slogan of trade unions. And I think what the comrade there forgets is that um, the, the very fact that he even has the right to representation in the workplace is because of a union. Um, and the HR policy of all companies does not allow you to bring in your own lawyer. So if, you, if, if your company says um, that you have trade union representation in a disciplinary matter, take it up. If you're unhappy with the union that's there, be active in the union and make a difference. That's the only way that these things are done because you are not going to have the option of bringing in your lawyer. You don't own that company. That's just how it works. And I would like to add that to Mike from Newlands, he's extremely patronizing. He actually reminds me of those racist, arrogant employers that we often deal with who know very little about the South African economy. Um, if you look at, for example, South African Airways, SAA, prior to COVID, in, uh, uh, prior to business rescue, contributed 40,000 jobs to the value chain because it was a state-owned entity and the purpose of a state-owned entity and mind you these state-owned entities were created under apartheid for the benefit of white workers to grow certain sectors and to create jobs and what should have happened with these state-owned entities post-apartheid is that this ANC government should have used these SOEs for the benefit of empowering and creating jobs for the black majority but it has not done that Unfortunately, it's been listening to people like Mike from Newlands who have been advocating this nonsensical um, idea that SOEs should be um, broken up and sold to private sector because apparently the private sector can do a better job. Let me tell you now, there's not a single airline anywhere in this country that can create 40,000 jobs. Only a state-owned airline like SAA could have achieved that because that is what... A, a, the, the job of an SOE is 
it is its goal is to develop the economy of a country. And so when you have people who come on radio and say that it's not government's job to create jobs, it's really an absurd statement because it actually reflects a lot of ignorance in terms of how these, uh, the, the world operates. We right now are in the worst crisis we've ever been where we're sitting with 46% unemployment and there is no one in the private sector who's going to come up with a plan that's going to absorb all of those workers. Only a, an active government with a clear vision and a plan can do that. Unfortunately, though, uh, time does not allow us to continue this discussion, but I appreciate the hour that uh, you both gave me, and I particularly appreciate uh, your insights. Spokesperson for the National Union of Metal Workers, Pagamile Lubimajola, Sizwe Pamla, Kosatu National Spokesperson, I thank both of you greatly. Thank you so much. It's 11 o'clock on SAFM, and it's time for the latest news. Liesl Wilson is standing by.